Hello, Buglers. I am Dr Andy Zaltzman, and it's time for your regular check-in with Top Stories. Today I'll be prescribing you a heady dose of US politics from issue 210 of The Bugle, when it was all up for grabs in an episode entitled Punch-Up for President from October 2012. Top Story this week, Seconds Out, Presidential Debate, Round 2! On Tuesday night, Andy, it was the second of three presidential debates. This took on an extra importance after it seemed like President Obama had fallen asleep moments <laughs> before the first one and accidentally sleepwalked onto the stage, only to wake up a couple of hours later saying, I just had the strangest dream. I dreamt that Mitt Romney handed me my own arse in a debate. I must have eaten way too much cheese before taking that nap. Amazing what f- up things your mind can conjure up. Anyway, what time does the debate start? <laughs> uh, this second debate, or formal argument, was here in New York, and it was town hall style, meaning that the questions were posed from the audience, and a moderator was on hand to make sure that everything went smoothly, but rather than smoothly, it went aggressively <laughs> instead. And that is hardly a surprise, because town hall style essentially means just removing the podiums and leaving the candidates free to wander around the stage. But as so often happens with these style of debates, the simple act of removing the podiums seems to make the candidates want to kill each other. <laughs> podiums seem to be the great pacifier, and so it'd be interesting to see if it worked in reverse. If two sumo wrestlers were about to fight Andy and you pop two podiums in front of each of them, I think they'd instinctively just spend the entire bout arguing with each other instead. And we should take it one step further. We should be airdropping podiums, Andy, into trouble spots around the world. (laughs) Let's airdrop them onto the Syrian army and force them to stop their tanks, get out and just shout at rebel towns instead. (laughs) It's got to be worth trying. Would the sumo wrestlers not just throw salt on the podiums and just get on with it? (laughs) That's their kind of shtick, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose so. Uh, It was, as you say, a much more aggressive debate. So aggressive, in fact, that when the cameras had stopped rolling, apparently the two candidates agreed to meet each other in a disused car park at 3am and then wrestled until dawn. (laughs) Obama described the confrontation as, quotes, a journey into the darkest corners of the human soul, whilst Romney described it as strangely erotic, like being in a D.H. Lawrence film. (laughs) (laughs) One journalist wrote that the two candidates stalked the stage, frequently interrupting and intruding on each other's personal space. And the debate certainly did get hostile at times, but is this really a surprise? Can anyone honestly justify being shocked that these two men look like they genuinely hate each other? (laughs) For months, they've spent most of their days publicly criticising each other and authorising others to do the same on their behalf. They've run poisonous attack ads and taken cheap shots. I'm frankly amazed that they didn't use their opening statement to tell each other to f*** off and go eat a bag of dicks. Romney said that uh, Obama and his campaign team had been uh, trying to characterise him, quotes, as someone who's very different than who I am. And you can see why Romney's upset about that, because that is exactly what he himself is trying to do. Yeah. As yeah. We've, seen, we've seen exactly the man he is on the hidden camera footage. <laughs> and he knows that the real Mitt Romney is electoral kryptonite. <laughs> he, he frankly should be thanking Obama if they're showing him as someone different to who he actually is. Uh, and the media might feign shock 
with all this aggression. But the truth is, that is complete bullshit. The nastier it is, the more they love it. Especially because for the media, the debates are never about the debates themselves. They're about the after party. <laughs> hours and hours of analysing the shit out of the debate until the sun comes up with a ludicrously long guest list that includes pundits, pollsters, body language experts, scientists with facial recognition software, <laughs> psychics contacting the afterlife to find out which candidate Teddy Roosevelt thought won. It's all... <laughs> It's all a, it's an all-night fiesta of nonsense. And much of the analysis afterwards focused on uh, the aggression and the hostility and whether it was too much as analysts desperately tried to come off like delicate, petticoated Victorian ladies <laughs> about to swoon over in shock at the sight of all the male barbarism. And that is disingenuous in the extreme, because they've been hyping this, Andy, like a heavyweight title fight. <laughs> so you can't complain when you basically get what you've been asking for. <laughs> Uh, it seems that Romney, who of course recently uh, pretty much wrote off half the American population, uh, seemed to have a go, a go for another 50% chunk of America by uh, taking a dig at women, it seemed. Um, yeah. uh, when he's, Some extraordinary things that he said, uh, in particular the binders full of women comment. Yes. Um, which, I mean, it's always an, an electoral risk, John, I think, to pass off one of the world's leading genders as slightly <laughs> annoying paperwork, or maybe as a catalogue to be perused on the toilet while you're having your yeah. Sunday shit. It's a slightly dehumanising <laughs> collective noun, that term. It could have been worse. I mean, he could have said um, that they brought us whole trailers full of women <laughs> whom I now keep chained up in my special Romney dungeon. <laughs> and that would make him more interesting than I think he has the capacity to be. <laughs> But besides that, I just want some consistency. If these debates are going to be promoted more and more like boxing fights, then the, the least they can do is have all the embellishments of a prize fight that make watching two men attempt to pulverise each other's faces palatable. So before the final debate in Florida on Monday, they should have boxing announcers introduce each candidate. In the red corner, the challenger, 65 years old, born in Detroit, Michigan, with a personal wealth of $250 million. His temples were already greying when he was nine years old. The only entitlement he's in favour of is his feeling that he's entitled to be president. Mitt, the Storm and Mormon, Romney! And in the blue corner, the presidential title holder. He's 51 years old. Old, born in Hawaii or Kenya, depending <laughs> on who you listen to. He spent four years successfully failing to close Guantanamo. <laughs> Open wide, America. He's about to shove healthcare down your throat. Even if for some bizarre reason you don't want it, it's Barack a boom boom bomber. <laughs> and they should both burst through pictures of themselves as entrance music blasts uncomfortably loud. <laughs> but honestly, Andy... I don't even think it should stop there. I think in between each round of questions, each candidate's highest donors should be forced to walk across the stage in a bikini, <laughs> holding up cards, showing what round it is. <laughs> if Sheldon Adelson really wants to donate so much money to campaigns that he's basically subverting the entire democratic process, he should be forced to squeeze into a Stars and Stripes bikini and high heels and have to totter across the stage as the crowd sarcastically wolf whistles at him. <laughs> And then it's what they finally, used to do. It's what they used to do until Lincoln exactly. stopped to it, didn't it? Well, yeah, exactly. And finally, a referee should get between them right at the start and say, right, gentlemen, we want a nice, dirty fight. Remember, no hitting above the belt. 
When I say break, I want you to ignore me and talk over the top of me. Any questions? Good. Remember, protect yourselves and your donors at all times. Okay, on my signal, I want you to touch gloves, come out of the bell, and turn the democratic dream of the Founding Fathers into a waking nightmare. Seconds out, leave your dignity in your corners and let's f***ing do this. Well, I guess John Atwoods just reunites the uh, presidency and boxing back to the early 60s days when they were both completely run by the Mafia. So... <laughs> the- The rules that both sides agreed to before these debates were leaked to the press early this week, and they were really depressingly restrictive, seeming to nip in the bud any chance to, um... Oh, what's the word? Uh, Debate, and favouring regurgitation of talking points instead. These were just some of the rules which, as I say, were agreed upon by both campaigns. Uh, The candidates may not ask each other direct questions during any of the four debates. The candidates shall not address each other with proposed pledges. Uh, For the uh, town hall-style debate, the moderator will not ask follow-up questions or comment on either the questions asked by the audience or the answers of the candidates during the debate. The audience members shall not ask follow-up questions or otherwise participate in the extended discussion. And the audience member's microphone shall be turned off after he or she completes asking the questions. And also, the commission shall take appropriate steps to cut off the microphones of any audience member who attempts to pose any question or statement different from that previously posed to the moderator for review. That is pretty demoralising, especially, Andy, when you look at the rules that they could have had, but one or both sides turned down. Rules such as, every time a candidate says the American people, the other candidate has to take a drink. (laughs) There will be a two-minute hot dog eating round. The candidate who eats the most hot dogs in that time will receive an extra 10,000 votes on election day in the state of his opponent's choosing. (laughs) Candidates may not ask each other direct questions unless those questions are sung in a high-pitched voice, in which case they are allowable. If a candidate says Ronald Reagan ten times during a single debate, they get a free sandwich. (coughs) The moderator may call for a dance-off in any exchange that he or she deems to be a tie, and halfway through the debate, a live chicken will be released onto the stage. The candidate who successfully catches the chicken will be allowed three minutes to criticise his opponent's (laughs) appearance. Well, they've tried that in Portugal, John, and it hasn't done them any good at all. (laughs) But the the point is, you'll agree to audience members having their mics cut off if they stray from pre-vetted questions, and you'll agree not to be able to ask a question to your opponent, but you won't agree to live chickens being released onto the stage, and you won't agree to a hot dog eating round. Just for the record, Abraham Lincoln agreed to both of those, and he won both of them too. That's why he was great. So who did Teddy Roosevelt favour, John? I, mean, I imagine he'd just go for whichever candidate looks most likely to slaughter an unbelievable amount of wildlife. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think he was very disappointed in both of them. <laughs> but probably he favoured Romney. Another uh, Romney comment on women. He said, uh, we're going to have to have employers in the new economy, in the economy I'm going to bring to play, that are going to be so anxious to get good workers... They're going to hire women. (laughs) Basically saying, times are hard. We're going to have to bite this bullet until it goes bang in our faces and do things we in America never thought we would have to do. Times change. We must change with them. This might sound extreme. To some it probably sounds chilling. But in these desperate times, we must regrettably force ourselves to forget what Eve did and allow women in the workplace. <laughs> for, for now, for now. Th- this shows I'm not afraid to take tough measures. Vote for emergency. me. Emergency. <laughs> Only in an emergency. Well, who won that 2012 election? You will have to listen to every Bugle podcast from history to find out. Find more about the past tomorrow. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth, Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you 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 must be so excited. Listen now.